Let's bow our heads for a word of prayer. Dear kind Heavenly Father, now we ask that you'll open up our hearts once again. We come to hear from you. We want to be wise and know what we should do. And so we ask that we would, you would help us to listen to you and that we would hear your voice. Bless us as we gather and talk together about your word, we pray in Jesus' name. Amen. Our text is in Luke's Gospel today, chapter number 12 of Luke's Gospel. For our text today, we consider once again the thoughts and the teachings of Jesus as he teaches us about God and the important things we need to know. And thanks to the folks that have been working around here. <clears throat> we had a lot of folks here yesterday getting things ready and the day before and bakers baking and people working takes a lot of folks to get something done and we have wonderful crew of people who work hard we give them a good hand Thank you. good job we appreciate their hard work and god never never uh lets it go unnoticed he always sees <clears throat> once again our our text in luke chapter number 12 for our thoughts today my father used to say this all the time he said, when I married your mother, I didn't have anything, but she had less than I did. <laughs> and that was true. In the early years, we were a very, very poor family. I remember the experience of buying school clothes. That's the only clothes you got all year. And I got two shirts and one pair of pants in those days. Of course, in those days, you didn't wear blue jeans and things to school. You dressed up like a gentleman or a lady. And so I had two shirts. And I remember telling my mother one day, uh, I said, you know, I don't really like one of these shirts. And she said what she always said about clothes. She said, it's clean, isn't it? <laughs> because the only reason that you ought not to wear that shirt was if it was dirty. Other than that, you're going to wear that shirt as long as it's clean. You're going to wear it no matter whether you like it or not. <clears throat> Mom only owned one dress. There was only one in her closet. There wasn't much in her closet. It was mostly empty. She had one dress. Of course, the reason was because she saved the money to buy us two shirts. <clears throat> and so uh, <clears throat> she only had one dress. Mom always took care of all the money. She never gave Dad any money at all. And she said, if I give him money, he'll either spend it or lose it, one or the other. So he, he didn't get any money, and he didn't care. He didn't really care about money. <clears throat> he wore the same old clothes over and over again until Mom said, you could see through his clothes. They're so thin. <clears throat> and they were. They were. I remember uh, my after my mother died, he finally got to have money in his pocket. And I was walking down to his house one afternoon and there were $50 bills scattered all over the driveway. So I picked them up, and I went into his house, and I asked him, I said, did you lose anything? He said, no, I didn't lose anything. I said, well, there's a couple hundred dollars that were lying in the driveway. 
He said, oh, they must have fell out of my pocket. <laughs> Mom was right, see. And I gave him the money, and he lifted up the tablecloth on the kitchen and shoved the money under the tablecloth and set it back down. And so I told my wife, I said, when he's gone, we're going to have to look everywhere because that money might be anywhere. There's no telling where it'll be. And we did find more under the tablecloth. <laughs> <clears throat> but under the, through those things, I learned to appreciate the value of things from my mother and to be thankful for everything, even if it was only bread and milk on the table, be thankful for it. And from my father, I learned how to be happy and that it had nothing to do with money at all. He literally never had any money in his pocket till he was in his 70s. And then he lost it walking down the driveway. After he died, we were going through his papers. And we found his checkbook. And we realized he'd been giving money away for the last several months. A check for a thousand to this person and to that person. Some of them I knew. Most of them I didn't know. A lot of people on the Indian reservation who didn't have much received a check from my father. So when he died, you didn't need a calculator to figure out how to divide up what was left. <laughs> it wasn't so much. He had given so much of it away. So mom was right. When he had money, he just lost it or gave it away or whatever. Our text is about money and what to do with it. Now, my friends, I put this to you today. If you could ask Jesus any question what would you ask him any question if you had the opportunity to approach Jesus and ask one question what would that question be now Jesus was good at answering questions you could ask him all about God and he could tell you you could ask him about heaven and if you asked him about life, he'd use the example of a bird in the bush or a flower by the road or a loaf of bread or a flock of sheep. And he would teach you about life. And he was the master communicator. And he was, without a doubt, the best that ever lived. His conversations with Nicodemus and the centurion and Pontius Pilate and his disciples were legendary he was wonderful to listen to and he drew crowds into thousands just to hear him talk so if you could ask Jesus anything anything what would you ask in today's text someone asked Jesus the worst question ever it was so bad, he didn't even answer it. That's how bad it was. He wouldn't answer the question. But it did lead to one of his really wonderful stories about life and how we should live it. So let's begin. And here's the worst thing anybody ever said to Jesus. Luke chapter 12, verse 13. One of the company said unto Jesus, Master... Speak to my brother that he divide the inheritance with me. 
And Jesus said to him, Man, who made me a judge or divider over you? Now, we don't have enough information to know if this complaint was legitimate or not. Was this man cheated out of his inheritance by his brother? Or possibly was he the younger brother? Because in Jewish law, the inheritance usually went to the oldest son. Uh, we can't say if his complaint was legitimate or not. But to Jesus, it was a disappointing thing. There's so much that he could have asked. So many things that Jesus could have taught. But this comment was, Tell my brother to share the money and give some to me. And Jesus said, I'm not a judge to divide your inheritance. And he turned to the people who were listening and he said in verse 15, he said to them, take heed and beware of covetousness for a man's life consisteth not in the abundance of the things which he possesses. Beware of the desire for material things. The value of life is not determined by how much you own, is what Jesus said. Then Jesus went on to use that whole experience, the bad questions and the comments afterwards, to teach one of his great life's lessons. And so let's listen as Jesus teaches us about life. Verse 16, he spoke a parable unto them, saying, The ground of a rich man brought forth plentifully. And he thought within himself, saying, What shall I do? Because I have no room where to bestow my fruits. Now some people think this one is one of the stories that Jesus made up. He sometimes made up a story, a parable, to teach a lesson. I'm not so sure it is. Personally, I think it's a real life experience. As a matter of fact, it reminds me of people that I have known in my life. And it starts out just fine. There's a man who's a farmer. He grows a crop. And he has had a bumper crop. Why? Well, probably he knows his business. He knows how to farm. He's a wise manager. He's also a hard worker. His hard labor and careful management have paid off with a bumper crop. There's nothing wrong with that at all. As a matter of fact, the crops are so plentiful, his barns won't hold it all. So he made a decision, verse 18, he said, This will I do, I will pull down my barns and build greater, and there will I bestow all my fruits and my goods. Build bigger barns, that's it, that's what he needs to do. Tear down the old barns and build new ones big enough to hold all my crops. Now my friend, there's something you might have noticed as you were reading Pay attention, it says, what shall I do? I have no room. It's my fruit. It's my barns. It's my crop. These are my goods. He talks an awful lot about I, me, mine, doesn't he? I, me, mine. I, me, mine. Talks a lot about what he owns. Now let's go on to see what he says. Verse 19, I will say to my soul, Soul, thou hast much good laid up for many years. Take thine ease, eat, drink, and be merry. He said he owns his crop. 
and he owns his barns, and he said uh, he owns his soul, and he's got my many, many years to enjoy his money, so he's going to retire, or as he puts it, I'm going to eat, drink, and be merry, and enjoy life, and live off the fruit of my labors. Now, we go up to heaven to get God's opinion about the whole thing in verse 20. But God said unto him, Thou fool, this night shall thy soul be required of thee. Then who shall these things be which thou hast provided? That's shocking words from God. God said, You're a fool. Now, a fool is someone whose main characteristic is a lack of wisdom. A person with no grasp of the situation at hand. A person who is void of understanding. Now as this rich man is making a list of what he owned, he said, I've got crops and I've got fruit. And I've got barns and I've got a soul and I've got years. But he was wrong. He was wrong. First of all, those bumper crops, where did they come from? There's an important explanation that was given by God to Moses way back in the Old Testament. I want you to listen to it. It's a wonderful lesson. Something that God said way, way back in Moses' day, I'm in Deuteronomy 8 and verse 10. When thou hast eaten and art full, then shalt thou bless the Lord thy God for the good land that he has given thee. Beware that thou forget not the Lord thy God in keeping his commandments and his judgments and his statutes, which I command thee this day, lest when thou hast eaten and art full and hast built goodly houses and dwell therein, when thy herds and thy flocks multiply, thy silver and gold is multiplied, and all that thou hast is multiplied, thine heart be lifted up, and thou forget the Lord thy God. And thou say in thy heart, my power and the might of my hand has gotten me this wealth. But thou shalt remember the Lord thy God, for it is he that giveth thee power to get wealth. Well, that's quite a statement about life, isn't it? Nobody ever grew a bumper crop without God's help. Nobody ever had successful business without God's help. This rich farmer thought, I got a bumper crop, and I did it all by myself. No, it's not true. And then he said, I will say to my soul, because he thought he owned his soul. And God said, your soul is required of you. Or that is, God said, I gave you your soul, and tonight I'm taking it back. Listen, my friends, here's how I view it. My soul belongs to God, and He bought and paid for it with Jesus' blood. And I gave it to God, and I don't consider it to be mine. It's not mine. And when this rich man said, it's my soul, and I own it, he was wrong. 
He was also wrong when he said, I'm going to enjoy myself for many years to come. Because he didn't own any years. He didn't own any months or any weeks. He only had one night. And after that, his life was over. He made his plans and he said, I'll build bigger barns to hold my bigger crops and I'll spend my many years living high off the hog. And later that same night, he clutched his chest and gasped for breath and fell over dead. Wow, was he wrong about life or what? Tragically wrong. Now listen to Jesus' instructions about this story. Verse 21. So is he that layeth up treasure for himself and is not rich towards God. This foolish man spent his whole life filling his own barns. And suddenly, when his life was over, all of his treasure was out in the barn. He was rich towards himself but he was not rich towards God. My friends, you have a lifespan and not one of us here knows when it will end. This man thought, I got years to go. Instead, it was only an hour or two. The Bible says in the Garden of Eden, Satan told a lie to Eve. He said, you will surely not die. Now, of course, nobody believes that anymore. We know we're going to die. But Satan still whispers in our ear, you won't die at least not for a long time. That's a lie, too. So Jesus makes a point. Life is uncertain. So be careful how you use it up because your time is limited. So use your lifetime for God. That means you start right away. Do not hesitate. So I suppose the real question is, what does Jesus mean when he says, be rich towards God? Listen to the foolish man as he talks to his own soul again. And I will say to my soul, soul, thou hast much good laid up for many years. Take thine ease, eat, drink, and be married. As if his soul could be fed with bread and milk and meat and wine. That's not food for your soul. Your soul is not fed with fruits and vegetables and meat and bread. And that's a foolish way to talk to your soul. The soul of man longs for better things. It longs for deeper things. It longs for spiritual things, for things you cannot see. Now listen to Jesus, how he talked about it over in verse 33. Sell what you have and give alms. Provide yourself bags which wax not old. A treasure in the heavens that faileth not, where no thief approaches, neither moth corrupteth. For where your treasure is, there will your heart be also. He says, sell your crops. Don't build bigger barns. Give to the widow, there's your barn. Give to the poor and the disadvantaged and the orphan. Don't keep it all for yourself. 
And then Jesus says something I really enjoy. Get yourself a money bag. I got an old money bag here. It's not used anymore. Just an old money bag. And uh, it's a place to put your wealth. And Jesus said, get yourself a money bag and keep it up in heaven. Have it up there in heaven. My friends, I want you to hear me. Being a Christian is not just one encounter with God. It's not what it is. Now you can ask Him to forgive all your sins in that first encounter. And in response to that one request, you will be forgiven of every sin, and you will have the gift of eternal life given to you, and you will receive a home in heaven, all in just one encounter. When I was seven years old, I had that encounter with God. But I fooled around for a while, and I wasted some of my life when I finally figured out what life was all about then I opened an account up in heaven I've been filling that account ever since now if you've had that encounter with Jesus and asked to be forgiven then you've got a home up in heaven it's time to start filling those rooms up there You do it by serving God. Jesus said, I have a kingdom. Seek God's kingdom first and then worry about the rest. He has a kingdom. And we pray to God and we say what? By instruction of Jesus, we say, thy kingdom come. The church is here to build the kingdom of God. And we are here to say to the world and this world in particular, whosoever will may come. Anybody can come. And so you have a part, and you have a role, you have a job to do. When somebody drives by our church, and they see a well-manicured lawn, and they see beautiful flower beds, I think they, some people think, wow, those people really care. I might try that church sometime. Every blade of grass you cut and every weed you pull helps to fill your money bag in heaven. You sing a song and you teach a child and you're laying up treasures in heaven. Some of you pray for our church and some of you pray for me. You're laying up treasures in heaven when you do that. And some of you will give. You will help the needy. You will support people who need it. You'll lift the burden off of someone's shoulder. You're filling up that money bag in heaven as you do it. Sometimes people say to me, Eric, you preach here and you don't get paid for it. Don't you ever believe that. Every paycheck gets deposited in heaven's bank every week. A self-centered life that always says, I me mine, I me mine, I me mine doesn't make any deposits in heaven's bank. But a life spent in God's service using your time and your talents and your abilities and giving generously, baking cookies, cooking hot dogs, singing songs, setting up microphones, loving each other, 
praying for the church, worshiping God. He gives us blessings and then we lay up our treasures in heaven because my heart is up in heaven where my treasures are. There was a story about a blind lady. Her name was Fanny Crosby. And she wrote hymns. Some of the most famous hymns we sing are written by a blind lady, Fanny Crosby. As she got to be an older lady, someone asked her if she wished that she could get her sight. She said, no. And they said, why not? She said, the first face I will ever see will be Jesus' face when I get to heaven. That's the way I want it. Isn't that something? My friends, her treasure was up in heaven. It's Jesus, my friends. He's the treasure of heaven. He's the reason I want to go there. So I'll serve him here all I can so that when I arrive there, someday he'll say to me, well done, good and faithful servant. And with those words, that'll make me happy for the rest of eternity. So don't waste your life fooling around with things down here. What Jesus is trying to teach us. Make sure you get a money bag up in heaven and make regular deposits in it. You don't know how long you have, so start right away. May God bless you as you lay up your treasures in heaven. Let's bow our heads. Dear Heavenly Father, we thank you for the instruction of Jesus as he takes a foolish question and gives us wise information. He teaches us that we can waste a lifetime on earth or we can use it to lay up treasures in heaven. Help us to do that. To get hold of that thought and to live it out in our lives. That in this world of darkness and confusion, that we might lead the way and show others we have a purpose to live. We have a reason to live. And we live to lay up those treasures in heaven and serve God. That we might show to others in this confusing world that there is a way to live. We know how it is, and we know how it works, and we're going to do it. So bless us, we ask, as we serve you any way we can. We pray in Jesus' name. Amen. Closing, we're going to sing a song. Pass me not, O gentle Savior. On the front of your bulletin, stand together with us if you would. Pass me not, O gentle Savior. Pass me not, O gentle Savior. Thou art calling, do 
about our lives and the circumstances in them. We thank you that you are in control. Help us not to think that we are in control on this earth. Help us not to to go after the things of this earth, not to scrounge around looking for what we can find in this place, Lord, but to be laying up our treasures in heaven, eternal treasures that matter. May our hearts and our thoughts be in that place. May we be putting filled money bags up there in heaven. May we live in such a way that we reflect you each and every day. And Lord, we ask for that on this day. Lord, we ask for your presence throughout the rest of this time we have here today. May you have a special presence in this place. Speak to every heart. Do things that only you can do. We thank you for that. For all the folks in this place, protect us all. Bring us back safely to this place, Lord. We thank you for this refuge, this place that we can have with you. We ask just for your helping hand on all that we do this day and throughout the coming days. In your name, amen.